Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fix the World podcast with me, Sam Avery, and my co-host, Katie Tracy. Hi, everyone. Hope you're all good. We're here once again to fix the world by addressing one tiny problem at a time. And uh, this week, we've got two subjects that we're going to tackle with our studs showing. That's what we're going to do. How are you, Kate? Sounds more right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. I'm trying to organise me mate stag do at the moment. And it's kind of stressing me out a little bit, but apart from that, I'm all right. Yeah, where does the stag do? It's in Liverpool where I live, so it's, it's it shouldn't be that stressful. <laughs> but uh, right. the, the world being what it is, is causing just, you know, hurdles where there shouldn't be any. So, like, finding accommodation for everyone is difficult. Finding places to go, I think that's going to be less difficult. But to be honest, just getting a date that everyone can do because everyone's got so much to do in the in the diary at the moment. Because the, I just think sometimes when you're organising a big group like that, you just got to go. This is the date. If you can't come, tough shit. That's when it is. That's what we've done in the end. Yeah, we've got a date, so it's in a few weeks, and I'm a bit scared because I've not really had a proper session with the lads in like two years. So oh, you're all going to peak too soon. We're going to peak at about midday, I think. And then you'll be in your staycation apartment watching match of the day highlights. <laughs> With a curry. Take yeah. Away. Spooning each other. Just missing our families, feeling a bit drunk <laughs> and also hungover at the same time. You know when the hangover kicks in before you've gone to yeah. bed? That's when you know you've peaked far too early. So, yeah, but that, that'll be fine. That'll be good. Uh, and looking forward to seeing some friends and stuff, really. Just, you know, people that you haven't seen for, like, ages. Is it going to be a tasteful stag? There's not going to be any, like, gimps or, you know, chaining people to lampposts, if that's what you're asking. I, well, I don't know. I'd never say never, but I, I think that's kind of a little bit 1970s, isn't it? I don't know. I love a tasteless Hindu. <laughs> I don't think really you can get any better than, than a veil with condoms and porno cards on it and willy cards. <laughs> I mean, the tackier the better, as far as I'm concerned. If you're going to be on a Hindu, people to see a big group of women of various ages... It's either a Hindu or somebody's like big birthday. So you need people to know so that you can justify your bad behaviour. Yeah, I suppose that's it. You sort of send out like non-verbal cues to, to passers-by so they know you're going to be a gang of dickheads. Yeah. I mean, if I'm with all my mates and I'm doing the worm on the pavement naked with <laughs> the lads and I'm not in any kind of fancy dress, then that's not justifiable. But if I'm in fancy dress with all my friends, it's a Hindu. So everyone yeah. just has Nobody Even the police kind of go, oh, she's on a hen do. Let her, let her run off with the money. Don't, mm. don't pursue. And when they do arrest you, it's just, it's just a caution. It's, that's it. That's and even it. that, you, you think it's a stripper. I went on one stag do. And, <laughs> uh, my mate was dead young. I think he was only about 20 when he was getting married and, and it didn't last. But um, this, someone had ordered a strippergram for him. And uh, she pretended she was arresting him. And because he was 20, he, she was clearly a stripper, this woman, because she wasn't dressed like a proper policewoman. <laughs> she had like a hat on, but she had, you know, suzzies on and like a big bust showing. And we all knew, but he didn't know any. And she said something to him, like, I'm arresting you because of something, something. And he shit himself, shit himself. And uh, I said to him afterwards, when did you realise she wasn't a real police officer? And he said... I think when the baby oil came out, I started to wonder. (laughs) (laughs) 
Policing is yeah, not what it used to be. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I mean, it's much more heavy-handed now. But some people are into that. Yeah. that they, so, yeah. but that's a different topic. I remember the days when they <laughs> always follow baby like oil in the squad car. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days, the glory days. Oh, when the train yeah. grab you, but the lube you up that much, you could just wriggle free. When they could murder people in custody without any repercussions. Or... What's that joke? How many policemen does it take to boil an egg? Or to break an egg, none. It just fell down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I fluffed the setup there, like, but you get the idea. Um, so that kind of leads us onto our first subject this week a little bit, doesn't it? In terms mm. of like the state, the system. Uh, we wanted to try and fix politicians. Yeah, because they need fixing. They need fixing because there's an incredible amount. Of corruption, and I'm just trying to have a word with myself right now because I I know this is a comedy podcast, so I want to try and try and stay keep it light, comedic. But this gets me so angry, and I think I'm not alone. It's something that gets me so wound up and so angry at that the spineless corruption that goes on and and the lack of uh, consequences. There's no consequences. I hear this word a lot now. Some of my parent friends have this thing with their kids that they call consequences do you have this i mean i try to i at least threaten them with consequences sometimes do you call do you call it consequences i no i just do you say if you don't do this thing you've had it i I just say yeah that's it in fact i said one time i said if you don't do that that's it that's it for you i mean someone that's it for me living here i was like no i'm not gonna get out you're only six i mean I mean, I basically mean what you're talking about, consequences. There will be consequences. There's no consequences for any of us anymore. Everyone's got a, a X Factor backstory as to why they behave so. Yeah, it's not me. It was my parents. It was my yeah. upbringing. It was the, the situation. It was, it was the public school I went to with all my great colleagues and we've all known each other since we were 11. Yeah. That, that's why we're like this. It's not our fault. And I've never had to earn anything. I've been handed everything. Opportunities have been created for me. And therefore, when I do something wrong, there is absolutely fuck all consequences. Do you think they all had a meeting about two years ago? Because it seems to be like there was always consequences. But then about two years ago, I reckon it was. Maybe it was just before. Do you think all like politics, politicians on both sides just met up and said, I reckon if we just front it out, couple of days will go past and then there'll be no consequences and we can just crack on. Yeah, stick together. Very, but imagine, right, having everything handed to you on a plate all your life and still being Jacob Rees-Mogg or Michael Gove. That money can't buy that level of weirdness. No. It's all taken away. You, you think you could have had it surgically removed? Like, yeah. if that was you, you'd be looking at yourself going, because I need someone to help me out with this issue I've got. Look at the state of me. Look at the things I'm saying. But they just... No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a politician. I want to be an everyman. I want people to identify with me. So, the first thing I'm going to do is go and buy a new monocle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. I, I, there's something about... There appears to be a, a feeling amongst working-class voters that... We need to be ruled over by well-spoken oiks who look down on us. Is that a British thing? Is that an English thing? 
Well, we can... yeah, there's so many countries that are classless. Like Australia is classless. The US is sort of classless. You can right. buy Aust- Australia has no class. You're right. You can buy your way, <laughs> but you can buy your way into power there more easily. But I think here, I, I was reading um, this. This is really telling. But I was reading um, a what's his name Adam Buxton's book, right? And he was saying about his dad, and his dad wasn't born rich, but his dad ended up going to private school, a boarding school. And he said, as an adult, if he had a conversation with anybody who had a regional accent, he would just dismiss straight away anything that they said, because it was not important to him at the level he was in his life. And I thought, ah, oh, the fucking knobhead. Imagine just going now. I'm not listening to your opinion. I don't like how you talk. But I do the exact opposite the other way. If someone is uber posh or or has that received pronunciation, I just think snobbed the other way. So I don't I don't know if snobbery can go both ways. Yeah, reverse like reverse snobbery. Reverse snobbery. Yeah, you feel like you want to. I don't know. Win the move. I feel like. Like, I'm a poor little urchin who wants to win them over. I did this, it was years ago, right, and it was a telly thing, and it was it was a, a minor part, but one of the actresses in it was quite well-known. I won't, I won't name her, but she was really, really posh, right? And uh, at first, she, like, had her own... We were all, like, made up with, like, the catering, so we were just eating butties and lasagna. <laughs> and she's there with a little box with the grapes and a little... And she was dead particular and and she knew her lines off pat and she was really like kept herself to herself and now, now and again she'd engage in conversation but I could tell that she just did not take to me and that, that makes me go I want to make you like me and she didn't and I, and I could tell and part of me goes well not everybody is going to like me and that's absolutely fine I don't need to be liked but then it was irritating because I didn't know why she didn't like me and I thought if she just doesn't like me because of the way I sound and that I'm so different to her. If she doesn't like me because of that, then that, that's a shame. So all the way through the shoot, she was really like looking down her nose and being quite particular and just just posh, just super posh. And then on the last day of the shoot, we were just waiting for our, our cue to go into this scene. And uh, we were just chatting on the stage, just about random stuff. And she went to him, I must say to you, um, a lot of people um, don't really like me. And I went... Oh, I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this is going to go too. She's going to hate me even more when she burst out laughing. And I think that like broke the ice finally because I thought like, and I do think some people, you just have a perception about people, don't you? Yeah, that perception, we, we all judge others, don't we? I, I'm, I've become more aware of my own judgment than others, but it's, it's often based on, the first things that you notice about someone. So like how they look and how they sound, they're the first two things, aren't they? And then what they're saying is kind of a third, third place. But you're right, it's like Reese Mogg with his monocle and his top hat. And his children dressed like Victorian ghosts. Oh my God, I mean... What? Just like, was it Lord Snooty from the uh, the yeah. Beano? I think the Beano did like an actual version of him in that, in that cartoon strip. So I wonder if there's like a... Like a politician's, like you know the way footballers get like trained with like press and PR training, don't they? And they get experts going in and talking about body language and how to answer questions, which is why all footballers act, like answer post-match interview questions the same way. 
Yeah. And if, if there's ever one who does The same old cliches and the same old avoidance tactics. And, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Harry Kane, uh, uh, you, you played shite today. If someone said that, you go, well, you know, there's people say that, you know, but, uh, you know, think of your, your lads played well and blah, blah, blah. And you don't really offer any information. Politicians do it in the same vein, but it's obviously a different level of bullshit that they come back with. I think, I think politicians do have press press coaching. I think they oh, definitely yeah. do. But the likes of smog and is 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 tight. Probably do you have no I don't need that. Well they don't I'm need that. I'm clever enough to know how to act. And I know and you know, or oh, this is our opinion anyway, is that the way that they talk is I mean and people the general consensus is that the politicians talk out their arse. They never answer questions properly. They never offer any solutions. They're just trying to, you know, look after their own their own arse, basically. And you could say that, well, it should be different, but then you could make the counterpoint that all these politicians are in power and earning very handsome paychecks and probably getting all sorts of extras around the back. So actually, for them, it works perfectly, doesn't it? Yeah. I think there should be a, a, a list of, you know, like with the code of practice that doctors have or, or whatever. There should be like, so don't go on an interview on the telly unless you're prepared to answer the questions, number one. Number two, if you're from a well-off background, you've got to commit to living in a poor place, a place of low income, in a low income household, living on that kind of salary or wage that the average pay you've got to commit to doing that for at least 12 months before you are able to go and represent an area because there's lots of politicians who represent low-income areas who would not know what it's like to go oh i've got no money to put on the car beater for the lucky or you know how am i gonna feed the kids we've only got a loaf and a tin of tomato soup and that's how a lot of people live and if you do, if you can't comprehend that if you couldn't even get your head around it you shouldn't be going into politics and that's the end of my party political broadcast <laughs> no but I, th- I think there is like <laughs> there should be like a legitimate list of things that criteria you have to meet before you can represent people yeah I love the idea of answering the question because that, that mm. gets on my tit what really gets on my nerves is when they, they've done something reprehensible and, and the, the interviewer will ask them about that particular issue. Like, you know, Mr. Johnson, you, uh, we've heard reports you volleyed uh, a, a, an orphan in the face, you know. <laughs> and it, it, his answer will just be to remain jolly, remain jolly, jolly. So that it, the, the tone of his voice suggests that it's not very serious, even though it's yeah. incredibly serious. And then he'll just start talking about what the public really want. What we really want is to get on with but the, about- me- the media made Boris Johnson this figure of fun. Oh, Boris is a laugh. You know, he's always on Have I Got News For You and, you know, parachuting over Wembley uh, with his, his kecks around his ankles or whatever. <laughs> and then he runs the country and makes decisions that aren't popular, but he makes them in a way that makes you go, oh, I remember we said something like that on Have I Got News For You, didn't it? It's so funny. Oh, what's he like? And no? that is... That, Be serious. Is- a great example of yeah of how first impressions of because everyone's first impressions of him was this like I mean I never liked him but this lovable toff who's a little bit of a buffoon and he'll say quirky things and he's got funny hair. He looks and like he went to the races on the Saturday and then turned up at work on the Wednesday with like <laughs> a bag of chicken drumsticks 
And like the same shoes, stained, smelling a piss. A pint glass in his pocket. He seems like a legitimate person to run this country. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Never owned a comb, but it's all right. Well, is there a different way of doing it? Because I think it was ancient Greece they used to... uh, It was like a lottery, I think. It was ancient Greece. It wasn't Rome. I think it was Greece where they'd, they'd basically pick... 10 people every couple of years and, and 10 people from anyone would just run the country. That sounds like a good idea, though. I always think that about The Apprentice. So, you know, the, the, on The Apprentice, they have all these, like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I have my own business. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 12 and I work in the city and I've done this and I've done that. And you just think, yeah, but can you go and find two kilos of onions at 10 o'clock on a Friday night? No clue where to start. If they have, like, on The Apprentice, I don't know, an office worker, a lollipop lady, a builder, a fireman, those people would be far more successful in doing the tasks logically, properly, than somebody who's never broke a fingernail. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, especially... But then I think that then I'm being a snob saying that. Well, maybe, but it doesn't have that doesn't have to be a class thing. That just could just be, it's a personality thing because normally the people on the, the Apprentice. I mean, I watch it every year and I just go, these are the biggest gang of knobheads since last season. <laughs> these are awful, and I always think for that show every every season what they should do episode one make all those knobheads do the first task and then just sack a lot of them and then get a fifteen other people in for episode two and just keep doing that and just sack them all. But that's not viable as a TV idea, which is why I don't work in television. Um, but well, they should make up the prizes zero hour contract in Curry's. Yeah, yeah. Instead of being Alan Sugar's sidekick for twelve months. Yeah, you've got to wait. Really, if you really want to be his apprentice, then they should be prepared to win that prize and start at the bottom. You get a zero hours contract for just eat, and you're not allowed to wear a helmet on this bike that you've lent off your <laughs> uncle. And there's a puncher in the back wheel, and it's all uphill. Yeah. It's dark and there's no lights or reflections. <laughs> and you've got to literally take your life in your hands just to deliver chicken nuggets to someone who doesn't really want them. I mean, that's that's what everyone's striving for. Yeah. But, the, I mean, whether there's... Because everything kind of comes back to this, like... It's like a popularity contest, isn't it? And that's the, that's the, the like we did now. Everything's a popularity contest. Everything. So reality TV has ultimately probably played a real big role in how we view... Uh, competition and uh, voting and elections because it, we're looking at we want this narrative now, don't we? We want a narrative of who personalities are. And I just want to know if that's the case. What popularity contest test did Matt Hancock win to get his job? <laughs> oh, God knows because right, I, I've got like a list of jobs that I think I could do, which I probably couldn't, but I'm. I'm I've got this kind of idea that I reckon anyone could do them. Um, one of them is being an MP. I reckon anyone could do it. Like, almost anyone could do it. I reckon I could, you know. I reckon I could. Apart from the fact that I, I don't want to. And uh, I'd get yes in the House of Commons. I'd be flying to, like, just grab somebody by the collar and shake them. But wouldn't that be great? Because everyone, in that, that clip would go viral, wouldn't it? Is MP Katie Tracy chinning another opposition leader? <laughs> Just getting kicked out, going, I'll, I'm waiting for you outside. Yeah. And then, watch and your back. Yeah, <laughs> watch your back, and then you, you, you nick a wig off your mate and sneak into the House of Lords. And start, <laughs> you know, kicking people. I think, the, <laughs> I think the first thing they need to change is the House of Commons. 
that needs to stop being so. Why is it so fancy? The public servants. Just give them a, like, a, a unit on like the trading estate. They like, only need four walls and a computer and somewhere to sit and chat. They can yeah. use any office, but they're given this like big, massive, polished wooden room with three, like virtually three meals. And subsidised booze as well. Oh, it's like a studio. But do you think though? So you mem- remember the expenses um, scandal where like people were buying a jar of Marmite and charging it to their expenses and things like that, which is, it's rough. But if you became an MP and someone said to you, what are you paying for that for? You, you know, you can charge that to your expenses. I'd be like, oh, can you? So yeah. I can get a new fitted kitchen for my mom and just put it on. And yeah, yeah, do it. I, I can't say that I wouldn't have done it. Well, that's it. And I, I don't even like Marmite, but if it was free, I'd be I'd be rubbing it all over my face like with nail and I could just be smeared in Marmite <laughs> rolling down hills. But I'm saying if, if someone tells you this happens and everyone does it, I can't say I wouldn't be corrupt and go, well, I may as well, everyone else is doing it. Okay, that's so why I couldn't be an MP. A si- <laughs> I mean, if you, if you came out and said that in your manifesto, I think I'd have trouble voting for you. <laughs> uh, I, I want to lower taxes and I want to get rid of zero hours of contracts. But if I get offered a free fitted kitchen for me mum, I can't say I'll turn it down. But I really, I really want some of that fake grass for the back. <laughs> it's a bit pricey, so, so vote for me. Go for if me. Get that on the taxpayers' dollar, then that sounds <laughs> an awesome job. But then maybe that's the transparency that the country's crying out for. You know, at least you're being honest. So, it, but is there a moment then when if if you? I'm really interested about like the kind of person who goes into politics because there's obviously a, a big swathe of like that group that you talked about before, which was the kind of privileged bullying uh, club. Yeah, they're, they're, it's been handed to them by the parents or the family or whatever, or that's what they're born into. But then you've got this other group, and there are quite a few who are like maybe not from working class backgrounds. It's not enough, but there's sort of middle middle class, lower middle class backgrounds who've kind of got through is there a point then when you break into that world and you see how corrupt and rotten and backstabbing it is where you think i cannot survive in here with my holy than thou models that i came into i've got to play dirty like them i think you'd have to be a very strong person but i I think jess phillips is probably one of the ones i remember reading something where she said i thought i'd seen wealth until i went into the house of commons and that just tells you everything you need to know about the distribution of wealth and why those people in like the top 10% should never be in charge of the rest of us because they've got no grasp on, on the wealth aspect. Yeah. They've never wanted for anything. I suppose if you're out of touch with the vast majority of people, that's a real, a real problem. Just mm. in, in that time old fashioned of balance then, because it does seem like we've kind of... Uh, aimed our pot shots at the uh, ruling party at the moment, which in Britain is the Conservative Party. I'd also like to take some pot shots at the opposition at the moment because I think they have been absolutely woefully pathetic in being invisible, being absolutely invisible. And like, if you can't, if you like, if you <laughs> if you can't make some kind of concerted opposition against this absolute like disaster of a government. I don't even know what your role is supposed to be. I'm saying Keir Starmer's like that programme undercover boss, do you know what I mean? Where like, 
he's doing it as like a, a, a bit or a bet or some kind of thing where at, at, at the next election you'll go <laughs> actually guys I'm gonna be honest yeah, I'm not really a Labour MP um I was the manager of the cafe in the House of Commons and um they just asked me if I'd do this and surprise <laughs> surprise had- or or like the end of Scooby-Doo when someone rips his mask off and he's just like the janitor yeah or David Cameron David Cameron, <laughs> and, that, and now they rule both parties, and yeah. it's like a pincer movement on democracy. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be fully behind like, uh, a, a, like a, a party that stands for something else. You know, stands for just every, every. I don't know, just like the 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 realities of everyday life. You know, someone who's yeah. going to stand up for the underdog. And it sounds like I'm going down the fascist route again here. I'm not, I'm, re- I'm genuinely not. I mean, like someone who's going to just, I suppose, stand up to all the corruption. But then that's what Donald Trump painted himself as, wasn't it, in America? It's like, well, I'm going to fight the system. And look what happened to him. He was he was horrendous. I mean, he was a he was a racist bully as well. So it's yeah. one thing. He, d- he did do a lot for industry. There's, there's evidence of that. But he, he that's just a small proportion compared to all the really horrible things he did. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to look past uh, some of his horrendous comments, isn't it? Really, even yeah. <laughs> you can say, well, I know he grabbed pussies, but he, he created jobs in Minneapolis. It's like, well, yeah, but the pussy grabbing bit was a bit bad, wasn't it? That's probably that probably rules out like getting any benefits from the other side. Yeah, it's like going, oh, you know, I know, I know, Jimmy Savile was a paedophile, but at least some kids got to eat a pack lunch on a big dipper. So swings <laughs> and roundabouts, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to detract. The deed from the person, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that episode that Jim will fix it when he, Are you sure you want to eat on the big dip? And you're going, yeah. That was a that was incredible television at the time, wasn't it? That I wouldn't was like, even mind, but it was like the, the, the shittest big dipper because I went on. Yeah, it wasn't a big I'm one, like, send them on the big one or the corkscrew now. I don't think the big one had been invented then. That probably was the most hardcore big dipper there was at the time. Yeah. Eat a roast dinner with gravy on the nemesis. And <laughs> I would <laughs> watch that again and again. No, a portion of chips and a carton of red hot curry. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. or, or just even eat like a, a McDonald's apple pie. You know, they're, they're so hot. Just try and, try and bite into that whilst on the, uh, what is it, Rita? Is that the one at Alton Tower? I've got a feeling this is a programme that's about to be made by Channel 5. I think I think it might be. We've already got the uh, ultimate the kind of... Jeopardy. Jim will fix it. <laughs> <laughs> the big one in Blackpool keeps breaking, doesn't it? That big dipper. Yeah, have you been on that? No, no chance. Have you? Are you? Have you always been scared of rides like that? I'm scared of everything. I'm just. Oh, I'm oh yeah. Well, I'm. I'm getting better at the big rides because I don't want my kids to think I'm a massive, massive coward, even though I am. They'll find out soon, but I, I want to give that illusion that I'm this big, brave man. I couldn't go on the big one. It's too big. It's the big one. You're only on it for like 15 seconds or something. It's not It's not, not too bad. Not if it breaks down. You've got to climb down the ladder. Have you seen? It was in the paper. That all these people yeah, I saw that. That'd be awful. I just you could just see the conversations of people come down. I told you we shouldn't have gone on this fucking thing. Yeah, but at least you're strapped in. Have you seen that what the Grand National in Blackpool and it's just like horses that you sit on? No. You're not strapped in, and it's like four rails with four like bobby horses, but the, you just sit on them and the horses go along the rails. 
and each person sits on a horse and then they race around these rails quite fast and you're hanging on for dear life and that is you're not even going down any deep slopes or anything like that but because of the speed of it and because this horse is like made of fiberglass so you can get no like traction on the seat there's no stirrups or saddle you've just got like your jeans or whatever you're wearing (laughs) on this horse so Oh yeah, the scariest ride I ever went on was uh, the, it was a the V Festival two thousand and it was a ghost train. But it was in you know when you go to a music festival they'll have like fairground rides, but they look a bit shit because they've had to be carried mm. into like a big field. So it was just on the back of this like articulated lorry, and I got in and I sat next to my mates and I couldn't fit my leg in, and I said to the fella, "My legs hanging out here," and he didn't hear me. And he pushed the, the bar down, but my leg was still hanging out the carriage. And I went in. I thought, I'm going to break my leg here. So I came out and I was white. I was I was like, oh, my God. And people saw me face and started queuing up, thinking it was that must be dead scary. But I, I just thought I was going to be paralysed for the rest of the rest. Oh. <laughs> it was horrible. So, yeah, politics. Maybe this is a subject we can come back to because I think there's a lot to... It's too big. The current phrase is a lot to unpack there. Isn't it? Yeah, I think you should just be banned if if you if you went to a boarding school that your dad and your granddad and your great granddad all went to, and you're going into a job in Parliament that your dad and your great granddad and your great great granddad. No, sorry, that's not how it works. Sit a test. Sit a test of like how much is a loaf. Yeah. If you are down to fifty pence on your lucky meter. What do you switch off? The internet or the cable or the telly or what or the lights? What do you do? These kinds of questions, give them a test. And if they pass that test, they can be a, a, a politician. Your shoes are leaking. How many pairs of socks do you need to wear to get to mm. back without your yeah. foot getting wet? There's green mould in your rented property and your landlord isn't answering the phone. What do you do? <laughs> who do you speak to those kinds of legit questions that normal people have to ask themselves every single day yeah and I suppose that like yeah I, I mean I could just go off on this forever and just... people like me and you can be the invigilated in the exam room and they're there with the little packets of Wrigley's and the gonks trying and to cheat we're, we're still behind them with our, our arms we walk past them and just whack them in the head with our Greg sausage rolls, two for one pound. Go, stop cheating, you. Yeah, you wouldn't even know the price of this sausage roll, but I do. That's yeah. a nice jacket. That looks like tailored. Oh, sorry, I spilled my tea on it. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I've stood on your loafers there, Jacob. <laughs> sorry about that. <gasps> he deserves he deserves a, a, a fix the world all to himself, him. Oh, well, maybe we can come back to him on a future episode. I've got a friend who's a teacher and they do invigilating sometimes you know, for exams. And he said they almost um, have competitions with the other teachers to see who can do a, like the most laps of the, the hall. You know, when the people are doing their exam, they're sort of like walking around and like having little races and stuff, which puts a whole new like perspective on Is them. it like the, that, that story of the teachers who, who tried to play like a version of Pac-Man? Going around the desks, there was like certain routes I had to take. Yeah. <laughs> While the future of your life hangs in the balance, these bastards. The teachers, man, taking up polos. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I miss fruit polos. They were they were they were the bees knees then. You still get them? Can you? You know what I had before? Jelly tots. Oh, jelly babies was the ones for me. Just love them. I don't so care. Like the powdery me. ones. What's that powder? Is it cornflour? Oh, oh, maybe, yeah. No. It's like I, I do that, you know, like when there's a drugs bust on a TV show and they go like, that's pure. <laughs> <laughs> These are real bassets. Is it, I don't even know if it's bassets. Is it bassets who make jelly babies? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. So, yeah, we'll come back to politics because um, our, our second subject this week, we're going to try and fix camping. Are you a camper? I feel like that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, I was. And I suppose I am deep down, but I've not done it for a while. I am not a camper. Have you ever been camping? I have. And what was your experience like? I do not enjoy finding a secluded area at 5am to go and have a wee. Because <laughs> I can't be asked going to the toilet block and I'm frightened. Yeah. That's the downside, the nighttime wheeze, especially if you're a lady. Well, um, yeah, when you're young, it doesn't matter because you don't. But when you when you get older, you, you, you need three or four. I do. Oh, oh I do. Yeah, I do. Now. I need to overshare. Yeah, I I went camping once for the Easter weekend about 15 years ago with three of my mates, and I went to sleep with nine layers on because it was freezing. Like we just had nothing else to do, so we just thought let's go camping, but we were all blattered. And I woke up in the night and I needed a wait and I thought, I can't, I can't take nine layers off and on again. So I was actually just thinking, I wonder if I could just wee myself and just warm up that way. But then I thought, I can't do that. So in the end, I think I got about four off and managed to, without getting too graphic, managed to find a way out <laughs> and, and, and uh, download what I need to download. It was just the number one, it was the number two. Download was the wrong way. Thank God. I just had a was basically, and then and then, yeah. But I just it made me think, you know, when you see these goths and they've got all these leathers on and straps and like, you know, if the moment the passion took you as a goth, it'd take forever to get the, the straps and the laces off, wouldn't it? So you yeah, or like them. yeah, if you went to like one of them like thrash metal festivals to see like carcass or whatever, and and you're there, fully like tooled up with your belts and your bits and bobs. <laughs> And then you're like, oh shit, I need a way. But I, I don't know. I think I think I've already found a way to fix that. And it's something that it, it, your dignity does have to go out the door. But I think adult nappies are the future for camping. If you need to go to the toilet overnight, just pissing an adult nappy and throw it away the next morning. Yeah. I'd I'd love to try an adult nappy because I bet they're not as bad once you get them on. That probably because... isn't as far away for you as you think, Sam. I don't think it is, no. <laughs> I can smell a sponsorship deal, smells the wrong words, but I can see a sponsorship deal <laughs> with uh, some kind Fix of... Fix the world, sponsored by Tenna Man and Tenna Lady. <laughs> <laughs> You'll piss yourself laughing, but it's fine. Yeah, so I do... I think that's been invented called a she-way, have you heard of this? Yeah, I've seen that at the Glastonbury Festival, and I think... I've, I've, I seem to remember, it's, is it like a pipe that you put, that you insert, is it? It's got like a panel... That goes over the area where the wheat comes out and it goes into like a funnel and then into a container, um, which is very good in theory. But in practice, when you're holding a pint of warm cider and your phone and you've got all your bits and you've got your dealy boppers and your flag and you're on someone's on your show, it seems like a lot of 
plates to spin. It seems like there's the potential for that to be mixed up, isn't it? And then after you've done it and you're just there and you've got your shiwi in one hand and your warm sided in the other and you're, ah, oh, I think they're on the one. This side is minging. <laughs> oh, this side, this side it tastes nice, this one. Yeah, this can't be sided. It's lovely, this. Yeah, that's my, that's my it's the cloudy one from Somerset. <laughs> it's apple or pear. Bladder. Bladder cider. My dad used to brew his own ale at home. And to be honest, I think like uh, all those contraptions sound like some of the stuff he used to put all his ale through. And mm. I can't imagine it tasting or smelling worse than my dad's home brew. Oh, my granddad used to make home brew in the shed. And he'd just go, I'm just going to go and see to me home brew. And you just knew that you wouldn't see him for three hours. And then you'd go and look through the window in the shed and he'd just be asleep. <laughs> it's like just like moonshine, isn't it? I know. What they all do in like Siberia, they all brew their own vodka because there's nothing else to do, and they just make it dead strong and they just drink it and pass out because there's no years telly. ago. We had like yeah, we ran a pub years ago, and um, there was a man who came in the pub and he was I don't even know what the word is for the job he did. Um, but he basically went, he was like an archaeologist who looked for precious stones in like these remote areas of the world. And he got really well paid for it. There's a name for the job and I can't think what it is. Anyway, he got sent to like Siberia or no, because Uzbekistan, right? He got sent to Uzbekistan, which is like border, border in Russia. And he came back and he came back and he came in, in the pub with this bottle of um, Uzbekistan vodka. And it was um, 85% proof. So it was basically just pure alcohol. So we all want to come on, we'll all, we'll all have a little bit well. I think I think some people were hallucinating off it. It was the strongest thing ever. <laughs> it probably He probably wasn't allowed to bring it into this country because it probably blew the plane up that he was on. But it was, it shouldn't be allowed. You wouldn't get that mixed up with a jar of piss, would you? But that's another thing. If you drank that on a camping t- t- trip, you'd sleep right through. <laughs> that's always the aim, isn't it, when you're camping? I just want to sleep right through. Or I want to wake up and there's a little bit of light rain on the tent so I can feel cosy, but you don't want it dripping through. I, I went to a, a, a music festival once called Glaston Budget, which was like a... Oh. Yeah, it sounds as sad as it was. Um, and it was all tribute acts playing. Uh, so the tickets were dead cheap. It was like 25 quid. I am on board with that, actually. Well, we, we were that smashed. We, we kind of got past the point that they were tribute acts and we just thought, it's, it's just a real axe in it. We can't really see straight. They sound the same. you got Pink Floyd, then you got Chaz and Dave, who we later found out was the real Chaz and Dave. Because I, I said, surely the tribute Chaz and Dave will be called Dave and Chaz or, or Daz and Shave or something, but <laughs> it was the real ones. <laughs> then there was this Guns Two Roses who were from Wales and they ended up coming and sitting by our tent afterwards and like still in the gear, so slash an axle. So it felt like they were with us. <laughs> In our <laughs> just sat around the campfire with yeah. his top hat with but, 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 but yeah, yeah, but speaking with these strong Welsh accents. <laughs> and I kept calling Axel Gavin. I was like, Oh, you're ruining it for me, mate. Just call him Axel. Just <laughs> live, live the live the gimmick. But um that was the highlight of the night because after that it started raining and like really raining badly, and it was horrendous. I mean, mate had never been to a music festival before, and that was his first experience, and it was shocking. And he was on the phone to his missus. And she was saying, are you having fun? And he said, oh, no, this is worse than the way, the First World War, because at least at the First World War, you had a good chance of getting shot. 
that bad because they're just the mud was just everywhere and it was just that's when you just you when you're in a tent and you think I'd rather go and sit in my car, that's when you know you shouldn't be there. The last time I went camping was about ten years ago, and um, <laughs> it was really local to where they live, so it was probably about seven miles away, and. Um, it was at this campsite by a scout hut and my friends from this big extended family and every year they all go to this camp, this like site and it's got a little local scout hut and it's by the canal. It's really like cute and picturesque, but it's literally, I could cycle there from ours. And, um, but they all go with all like the aunties and uncles and all the kids. So it's all the cousins and all the cousins, friends come with their mums and dads. And it's, it's like a party really. It was really good. And she went, do you want to come? I went okay and I went and uh, we pitched our tent and it was just all like it was fun but then I was just like that night I was going to crawl into the tent and I could literally if I wanted I could literally walk home and just get into my own bed why am I doing this it just makes no sense to me it seemed like such a big faff I'd rather just I, I like luxury camping's not luxury to me well I just like comfort like real you know Mm. like a mattress and I think I'm in my 40s now and I just I want a, I want my own pillow in fact I don't even go to a hotel without taking my own pillow because I'm so used to it if I'm going to sleep in the same room as a daddy long legs I want it to be one that's had the absolute tenacity to get through the little window in the bedroom and not one who just casually just turns up in my tent dead easy they've got to work for it if they want to sleep in the same tent room as me yeah. Any to... any daddy long legs can get into your tent. Takes a very special one to get into your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so you know they're probably highly evolved daddy long legs mm. in the house. They they're yeah. top of the food chain. They've you got all probably, the moves. Probably have a conversation with some of them in a few million years. <laughs> but the tent ones, they're just like the reprobates, aren't they? Just yeah, just piss heads. Yeah. They're attract- probably attracted to the, the smell of piss in your tent. It probably is. I can smell a she we Follow me. <laughs> She's hooked it up wrong. <laughs> it's never fair, though, for women, though, because fellas can just, like, the idea of a she we there's never been a he we invented, because that's just the floor. That's just the floor or a corner. Just not even a corner. I, I was at another music, music festival once, and we were all queuing up. The fact we were queuing up was weird. We were queuing up to wee on a part of the fence. But there was a really orderly queue for this bit of the fence that people were pissing on. When you could have all just went along the fence. Or just gone where we were. Doesn't matter, How British. Really. How very British. <laughs> Queuing up to piss on some random <laughs> fence. <laughs> the only way I think I could fix camping is just to move it inside a hotel. Yeah. Well, they're, they're trying to do that with glamping, are they? I think that's what mm. glamping was trying to fix camping for people who, who want to camp but don't really want to put up with all the camping bollocks. So you, you kind of get this nice little pod or you get like a little hut. And all they do is they give you a slightly nicer toilet. Maybe you get your own bathroom. But no, but just... you see some of them and they've got like little bedside tables with a little vase, a little bit of heather in there, you know, like fairy lights. And I just think, stop trying too hard. That's, that takes away the whole point of camping for me. Yeah. I think you're camping, roughing it or you're not. It, that's it. You're in or you're out. If you're not with yeah. us, you're against us. <laughs> me and Rachel, my wife, have this, uh, like, one, a mantra that we live by, which is that 
if you're going to go away and stay somewhere else, you should never, ever stay somewhere shitter than your own house. And it, I totally agree with that. It's not like being snobby or anything. I don't want something... I don't need the lap of luxury all the time, but I don't want to go somewhere and go, my house is better than this. <laughs> and I'm paying too much. As well, camping was invented as a necessity for people who couldn't get to the back home who had to, like, walk through the wilderness to get from A to B. So they invented a mobile, lightweight home to sleep in overnight as a necessity. We don't need that anymore. We don't. We also don't need barbecues either. Or you mean like barbecues in your garden or on campsites? Anywhere. Yeah. Or, or chopsticks. Chopsticks. That's I, I, my... I don't understand why people are still using chopsticks. Chopsticks were invented because forks weren't invented. So, like, stop showing off. You don't need to use chopsticks anymore. No. We don't need jeans now because jeggings have been invented. Exactly. You know, the world's improving. <laughs> <Ten years. laughs> do people still wear jeggings? I, I know, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've never owned a pair because I don't think men really wore them. Not that there's anything wrong with men who did. But maybe I should just try a pair. Try a pair on. I'm sure TK Maxx would have some in the men's section. Some, some, some jeggings. Jeggings for men. That's a new invention. <laughs> Jackets for men. You can probably get. I don't think you can get them in the better way. Oh, if anyone has got access to an infomercial about jeggings for men, please send us the link because I would love to see that. New jeggings for men. Buy two, get a free bra for men. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be camp, but it sure does help. <laughs> <laughs> I've just realised how dark I've gone on the video portion of this this Zoom call. No, it looks like we're at a séance. I know, I feel, I look like Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse In fact, now. are you in a tent? <laughs> yeah, a bit Blair Witch, isn't it? It's just, I'm sitting <laughs> in the, the, the bay window, which sounds quite grandiose. It's just a, a window that's a slightly different shape. And the, the sun has just slowly gone down, because, of course, we're past the, the summer solstice now, aren't we? The night. No, well, I, I put the big lights on just for that reason before. It's kind of, it's kind of depressing. But uh, how do you think we got on this week? Do you think we fixed... Either of the things that we tackle, politics no. or something. No, I don't. No, I, I don't think we did. But I don't think that we're kidding anybody or kidding ourselves to think that we will fix everything. We're just trying, Sam. That's all we're we just, can do. We are very trying. and Trying our best. It's not about... Perfection's not a destination, is it? It's a journey. It's a journey. So, you know, we will strive to keep moving this conversation forward. I'll tell you what we did fix. People eating with chopsticks, they don't need to. Stop. There's a, there's an entire continent that buzz off chopsticks, though. And I think, you know, it's going to be difficult to get them to move away from the chopstick. It's just showing off. Can you eat with chopsticks? Yeah. I, I do feel slightly smug when I, when I do. But I always start my meal with them. burgers with them. I just stab oh. the burger. <laughs> <laughs> Come here. I always think of the karate kid when he's trying to catch that fly. Yeah. That's always tempting. I can't even get a fly to go out the patio doors in the bath. So why we cause a fly with chopsticks? Like a big 12-foot wide doorway and I can't get a fly to go through that. <laughs> so I there's no ca- chance I'm catching one with chopsticks. 
You mentioned Daddy Long Legs before, and I reckon I could definitely catch a Daddy Long Legs. Oh, yeah. I used to, when, when my son was little, I used to pretend, I used to catch them, put them in my hand like that, and then a girl. I pretend to eat them. <laughs> just, for, just for lols. Just for mega lols. And then what did yeah. you do with the, the corpse in your hand? Was it all squished or? Yeah, and then I just like throw it away to the side, and then I, then I pretend to die. Character <laughs> building. This is what I was saying to you before. When your kid comes up with a little tiny cut, you're like, oh, it's going to have to be amputated. I just think the more you frighten, put the fear of God into them, the less likely they are to come to you with something serious. So you're getting off scoffy either way. What you're doing, yeah, you're sowing the seeds for less questions in the future, aren't you? Hmm. Just by absolutely terrifying them. Don't ask questions you don't want the answers to, kids. I've got a nosebleed. Your brain's going to come out your face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no, it's all right now. It's, it's, it's cleared up. Yeah. So if anyone's got any uh, ideas to help us solve some of the, the problems that we've tried to address this oh, week. Somebody episode, did say that, what they wanted to fix it, and I've forgotten. I'll have to check. Have a little it check. One of our viewers, Shell, she gave me something that she wanted us to fix on the Facebook page, and I'll have to oh, check. I'll have to yeah. make sure that down for next time we'll, we'll do the admin before and next time and, and what we want to we want to hear some suggestions for things you want us to fix and it could be something. i think we should fix the the bulb and the big light in that room that you're in that's what oh my thinking. god if this if this video does ever make it to youtube it's it's gonna get flagged for some kind of weird like i don't know like I'm, it it's lends like on I'm, the dark web it, <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i'm looking more ghoulish every minute that goes by this man's face is floating in midair. Do you know Clicks, where the... What happens next? <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, like the puppeteers <laughs> off Button Moon. Yeah. Where are they now? If you know, get in touch. So, yeah, let us know what you want fixing. And it could be something broad. It could be something worldwide, something global. Or it could be something could in be your something specific little. life or you, where you live. What's going on? What are the problems? Can you not fix them? Because we'll have a good go at not fixing them as well. So, and we'll like your feet, depending on postcodes, we might be able to come there and fix it. We might. We could do a roadshow. <gasps> Imagine. Get a big truck. We, and we get one of them car horns that goes... Diddly, 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 diddly. <laughs> it's got to be the dream, hasn't it? That is the dream for Fix the World. That's got to be the dream. I mean, we're only on, what is it, episode seven, and we're talking about roadshows already. I want car stickers. Yeah. Uh, I want fridge magnets. And, and we, they're definitely one of those horns. Yeah, and, and like a plush pickaxe and shovel. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, get in touch. You can get in touch on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're even on TikTok nowadays. Are we, are we on TikTok? We're on TikTok, yeah. I think we've got 21 followers. We've only just started on TikTok, so that's that's going to blow up. That's going to blow up like, big it's time. If someone can go on TikTok, great and a piece of cheese to like techno music and have thousands and thousands of followers, then I'm going to watch their, their TikTok and not watch ours. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good TikTok, to be fair. Uh, I've, I've not been able to think of much else since I saw that video. So, uh, Kate, good to chat to you. You too. And we'll see you all later, folks. Bye, guys.